verse? Wise, be subject to your hub. That word subject is hupostasia. So, uh, it, and that hupo means under. And in that particular word, it means to be, to set under in a, in a, in a, in an orderly fashion. But this particular hupostasis is a different, different ending. This word means that it, it is under, hupos mean under, it's what underlies what you believe. And, and if you, if you would, um, just look, just a word picture, this is a, I think they call it a video projector, right here. It's not just hanging from wires, uh, like when in the church we just left, the building we just left, it's not hanging from wires, it is sitting on something. What under, what's undergirding that video projector? A, a stand, right? A stand, a stand. If you move that stand, that projector is not going to stay there, is it? It can't stay there. This was holding it up. This was undergirding it. What undergirds the things you hope for? What undergirds that? No, no, see, see. <laughs> okay, substance is the, like a title deed. You, you know what a title deed, t- title deed is? Okay, if your car is old enough, you probably have one, you know, uh, unless you pay for cash, you know. A title deed is that which, um, uh, if you buy a car and you need financing, the financing institution is going to have the title to that vehicle. And when you finish paying for it, they will give you what? The title back. And that is yours, okay? You really can't say it's yours, really, except by faith, because you don't own it, you know, because you haven't paid for it. The same thing with a house. You know, you, you don't own it until you finish paying for it. Once you finish paying for it, then you'll get the title to that, your title deed, and you got it, okay? So that's what uh, substance is. It's the title deed. It's the confidence. It's the uh, proof. It's the uh, uh, that which... What you believe is going to happen. That's what substance is. See, faith is the substance of those things. What? Hopeful. So if I say it another way, you are believing in what you are assured of, what you have proof of, okay? That's substance. Of, let's say, that you're going to... uh, those who are students graduate, those might be uh, single, get married. Uh, you have to have faith in that. So, if I were to say it another way, a best way to say it is that faith underlies, underlies your inheritance, which you believe that you're going to get from God. God has given us promises, hasn't he? And what is going to bring those promises to us? They're already there. What's going to bring those promises to us? It's going to be faith. Believe me, it's going to be faith. Now, God gives grace. He gives mercy. But some things are just ours that we'll never get if we don't have faith. 
Because it's impossible to please God without faith. Do, do you hear what I'm saying there? It's not, a, it's not one of these uh, things way out there. And we don't have faith in faith. We have faith in God. That's so we have faith in God. We don't have faith in what we say. Because what we say means nothing. If it's not backed up by something that's solid, that's, that's forever settled in heaven. And it's only the word of God. So we have to have the word of God on something. And we have the word of God on it. Then we can have faith in it because that's what God says. And we can have faith in it because we have faith in God. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can have, somebody can tell you something. Oh, I'm going to give you uh, $200 right after the service. Everybody walk through the door. We're going to give you $200. Well, you know you're not going to have faith in that, you know, even though they said it, even though they said it, okay? But now, you will start believing it if the person who said it has the means to carry it out and also has a track record of character to carry it out, you see? You'll start believing. God has the means to carry out anything that he says, and he has the character also, to carry it out. Does he not? So we can have faith in God. That's important. In these days and times, just like it was then, in, in anywhere from Genesis to Revelation, it's that way now. And even now, it is more so, I guess, in our conscious, in our, in our minds, in the forefront of our minds, because we are in an uh, unsettled time economically. And so, therefore, we have to have faith. We have to have faith. They are, they are laying all people, reading in the paper world, Glenn Worth, I guess as Glenn Worth said, that they, uh, Lynchburg was very important to, the, to them, but they had laid off 230 people already and also transferred 30 more. That's 260 people that had jobs in Lynchburg. Is that You got to have faith. And I say, if you have faith, then you can receive what God says. Let's look at it and go a little deeper in it. What does faith sound like? What does faith sound like? What does faith sound like? We talked about what's faith, what is faith. We know without faith you can't please God. We know that faith, if you can see it, you don't have to have faith for it. Is that correct? I don't have to have faith that you are here today. I don't have to have faith that because you're here. Okay? Now, this morning, around 7, then I'll have to have faith that somebody will show up. Right? Okay? But now I don't have to have faith for you. Because you're here. Faith is something that you don't see. That's why the scripture says in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 5, verse 7, it will tell us that we walk by faith and not by sight. Okay? Okay? In other words, we live, was it walk? We live by 
trusting in God and what he said. And not by what we see, our, our external circumstances, what we see with our eyes. We don't walk by that. And we, if we get that picture, we'll understand that you must have faith. And Hebrews tells us that that's what God is all about. Everything that you see was made from things that didn't exist. Everything you see. Because he spoke it into existence. What does faith sound like? First of all, let's go to Genesis 17. And let's get a little, get a little backdrop on, see what God says and see who, where we can go from there. Verse, uh, we're in Genesis 17, verse 15 here. It says that then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her and indeed I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But God says, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you. This time, this season next year. That's what God says. Now, did Abraham see it? As, as they say, as young people say now, could he feel it, you think? He said, Man, I can't feel that, you know. I just don't feel it, you know. I, I guarantee you that he didn't feel it. And I noticed Sarah didn't feel it, you know. Because she was barren anyway, you know. Now that she's past childbearing age and was barren when she was childbearing age, you know she doesn't feel it. So how is he going to have faith for this thing? How is he going to receive it? Our faith must be tested. Our faith must be tested. Remember we talked about it a little bit last, last week? Genesis chapter 18. Let's look at it a little bit. The backdrop here before we get into what it sounds like. Verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah was old. They were old. Advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. And Sarah laughed to herself, to herself now, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Now she didn't laugh, you know, out loud, you know, like everybody can hear outside the tent, you know, and all down, you know, this. The, um, the field and everything, she laughed where? To herself. You know the things that we say to ourselves, do you know God hears? 
He hears. God said to Abraham, why does does Sarah laugh, saying, shall I indeed bear a child when I am old? My goodness gracious, how did he hear that? And she didn't even, she said it to herself. God knows, uh, uh, you know, the thoughts we have before they even come out of our mouth. You know that? It's scary, isn't it? I mean, it's like convicting, whoa, you know? I think I need to pray every day, you know? Repent. Then he says this. The first four, part of 14, verse 14, everybody should remember. You probably already have it memorized. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? And they, maybe King James might say, is anything too what? Hard for the Lord. Is anything? Now, 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 now don't, don't say anything because, see, God knows your thoughts now. Don't say it if you don't mean it. Is is anything too difficult for the Lord? Are you sure? Okay. That means that you know that it's possible for Abraham to, and Sarah to have a son. Even though she was barren plus 90 years old. You know it's possible, right? What makes it probable? What makes it a sure thing? God said it. Anything else is not a sure thing, is it? Right? Think of things in your life that you wring your hands over. Think of things that uh, people are so unsure about today. And Let's don't put it out to people that we sometimes don't even believe God will do. And he's already said he would do it. And we're wringing our hands over it. You know, when we talked about relationships, you know, we get bent out of shape about relationships when there's no need to get out, bent out of shape about relationships because God has already established what relationships supposed to be like. He's already established, he's already said in his word how we're supposed to treat one another. He said in everything, in everything therefore, he says to treat people the same way that you would have them treat you. Right? That's the law and the prophets. He said that. He wants to love people even as he's loved us. So we can have faithful things, even though you say, well, you know, I'm having a bad relationship with this person at work. Well, you can have faith that hey, things are going to work out. Yeah? Things will work out. If you do what you're supposed to do, the things are going to work out. Because we know that God wants them to work out. He's already established it to work out. And it doesn't, ha- it doesn't need two people to work it out either. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some people think it, 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 it takes two people to tango. It takes two people to make a covenant. Does it take two people to make a covenant? A covenant is an agreement, right? Does it take two people to make a covenant? No. Yes and no. 
so nobody be embarrassed. Yes or no? Okay? Yes, a covenant is, you know, between two people, but also a covenant is between just one person and the other one doesn't have nothing to do with it. Not a thing. But it's a covenant. And that other person had nothing to do with it, supposed to obey it. If it were not so, then uh, all the covenants that God made, just think about it. He, he, made a, he made a covenant, the Noahic covenant. What's that covenant? Somebody tell me. Okay. He, he, he's not going to destroy the earth again by means of water, flood, right? And he made a covenant with who? Noah, his whole family, and all of living creatures that was on that ark. He made a covenant with them. Okay? And he says that this is a sign of my covenant. What's the sign? What did Noah say? I don't know what, let me pray about this thing. See whether, you know, I, I need to agree on this thing, you know? What, what, what did Noah have to do with it? Nothing. Just so, <laughs> nothing, you know? Nothing. So it's not always between two people. Is anything too hard for the Lord? He said, at the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Genesis chapter 22, 1 through 5. Now it came about after these things, and this is, this is after, after the fact now. We know that Isaac now is born. Okay, we know that we know that many nations are going to come from him. We know that he's a he's a son of promise. We know that. But it said that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, here I am, Lord. Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I'll tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split wood for the burnt offerings. He rose and went to the place which the Lord had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. And Abraham said to his young men, What does faith sound like? Now we know, we know that that God's already said many nations. He already said it. He's already said that this is a son of promise. Now, if, if Abraham killed that boy, do you realize that everything going to be cut off? Ishmael, he said, he's not going to be the one that he's going to have covenant with. He's going to bless Ishmael, but he's not going to be the covenant one. So now, what is Abraham going to do? Now that Isaac is going to die, what is he going to do? See, faith sounds like what he said. See, he knew in his mind that, well, I'll tell you that later. Here's what faith sounds like. Let's, let's, let's look at it, okay? Here's what faith sounds like. Verse 5, he says to the young man, Stay here with the donkey. And I and the lad will go yonder. Okay, go up there, you know. And we will worship. And 
return, and, and really, if you want to put it, we will worship and we will do what? Return to you. He didn't say, we're going to go up and worship and then I'm going to return to you. He didn't say that. Faith doesn't sound like that. He says, that we're going to go up and worship and we're going to return to you. That's how faith sounds. And he didn't, he didn't say, hey, look, look, fellas, while you're here, you pray. I mean, you pray. You and the donkey, y'all pray, you know? <laughs> you know? Because I don't know what's going to happen up here, man, you know? God told me to go up here and kill my son. I, you know, I think it's God, you know? But, you know, God, you know, would God tell me that? It might be Satan. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm going, as I'm going up, I'm going to see what, what is the devil? What is, I don't know, you know. Uh, and we know from the reading it, I said, hey, hey, hey Dad, hey. I, I said, you know, we, 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 got the, we got the offering. I mean, we got, we got, we got, I'm not, we got, we got the wood and everything. We got all this stuff, but where's the, where's the lamb, yeah? We're going we're gonna, to, don't worry about it, son. Don't worry about it. God's going to provide, you know. Faith. Faith sounds like that. God's going to provide, son. Yeah. How does faith sound in your household? Hmm? How does it sound, you singles? Uh, you know, you want to get married? Yeah, yeah, I want to get married. Hmm. Getting kind of old, aren't you? Well, you know, you really think God wants you married? Well, I, I don't know. I think he does. I want to be married. But if I don't find somebody, then I guess I'll stay single, you know? Does that sound like faith? <laughs> you know, faith, faith's supposed to say, hey, you going to get married? Absolutely. Getting kind of old? No, I'm young, you know? What do you mean you're young? Man, man God is, is, is preparing my mate for me. He doesn't want me to be, uh, he doesn't want me to, to, to get my mate too soon because he wants me to avoid a lot of problems. Because, see, I've already seen problems in, in marriages in early years, you know, when, when, when both of them are young and don't know much of anything. God wants me wise. He wants me, you know, uh, you know, just before him, you know. And God wants me prepared, and he wants my mate prepared. So when we step in this thing down this altar, man, we're going to be soaring, you know. It's no more, it's not going to be this uh, uh, youth stuff, you know. This is going to be serious stuff, you know. You really believe that? Oh, you know, you don't, you, your church is kind of little for be meeting people, don't you? Hey, is God, is anything too hard for God? You know, God doesn't have to be, you know, bring no mate in this church. You know, you can meet him. At Starbucks, you can meet him, you know, at, uh, I don't know, do you go to Ryan's? You know, uh, <laughs> you can meet him anywhere, you know, you can meet her anywhere. It doesn't matter, you know, you can meet him. I mean, people met people some of the weirdest places, you know. Yeah. Is it, is it too hard for God? Is it too hard for God? You know, God, you know, a married man is, my mate's not saved, you know. God, you know, married, but this is the person not doing what they're supposed to do. They're not following God, you know. God, what are the, is anything too hard for God? What does faith talk like then in your household? Yeah. See, most people, they've given up a lot of times because they don't understand 
that faith has to persevere. You have to have persevering faith. That's the only way you're going to show, something, show God you, you mean business, you know. Because, see, one day is like a thousand to God. And a thousand like a one. And I know you don't have a thousand, you know, uh, to wait. But we know that, that God never, he's never late. We're late. God's never late. He's always on time. Isn't he? Always on time. Oh, my goodness, what does faith sound like? What does faith sound like? Let's look at another place in Samuel 17. Let's look, look there and see what safe, faith sounds like. Now, you know the backdrop. You know the backdrop. We know all Israel. What are Israel doing? Israel, all of Israel, is, is, is they're afraid of this Philistine called Goliath. And when Goliath comes out, they run. They're afraid. Verse 24 says, when all the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him, and they were greatly afraid. You see? Isn't that something? Now, see, verse 33, if we go down to verse 33, uh, Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine uh, to fight with him. You are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. That's what he was saying. But David said to Saul, Hey, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him. I attacked him. I rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by the beard and I struck him and I killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the, this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. And this, this is a, a youth, and you know, Saul was pretty tall, you know. You know, he was a head taller than most people, see. That's faith talking, isn't it? That's faith talking. But see, David must have known something that Saul and other other army didn't know. He must have had some type of faith. What was his faith in? His faith was in God. What about God? I mean, just because God exists, you know, you don't have faith. That you can say, I have faith in God that, that I'm going I'm to I'm be a millionaire. I'm a, you know, this person in the, um, I saw, read the paper, and it's some, I think it was, was it 200 and some million dollars this person got? Yeah. I think it was a lottery sometime. You know? And you got to keep 88 million. The government got the rest of it, you know? <laughs> Would you say that? I have faith in God. You know, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, you know, somebody going, I'm going to go to my mailbox and I know I'm going to have about 15 million in there. Do you have that? I mean, do you have faith in God for that? You don't say anything. Do you have faith in God for that? You know, you know, guess what? I hope, you know, I hope you don't. Because God hasn't said it. Now, if, if you say, no, wait a minute, God told me. 
I had a dream. And God told me that he's going to put this in my mailbox. So I've been going out every day looking for it. I said, I said, great. Now, what did you eat before you went to bed? He said, you said, you said, I was fasting. I was praying, man. Y'all fasting and praying. I said, okay, then, then you, you, you walking in faith. Praise God, you know. I believe God with you. You see, see, I got to know some, some circumstances there. See, David already knew. Why did he call him an uncircumcised Philistine? Those are key words. Uncircumcised is talking about the covenant. That's a sign of the covenant. If you don't, if you're not circumcised, you are not under covenant. Back in that. Day. Okay, you're not in, 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 in that covenant. So he said, there's no way he can, there's no way he can taunt the armies of the living God. He's uncircumcised. God is not for him. God is for us. God is for his, 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 his people. We have a covenant with God. You know? God's gonna protect me. He's already shown me. He's shown me the little battle. He's shown me that he, he, that a lion can't handle me and a bear can't handle me. Nothing can handle me because it's God working through me. See, he has sense enough to know that help, you know, now what? What, what grown man gonna, gonna, gonna beat up a lion, you know, and a bear? Nobody. This guy in a sense. Right? Nobody. So, he knew. We have to, we have to, we have to know what God is saying and what we have in God. And then we can say, okay, God, I understand. I can have, I can talk like faith. Now listen, listen, listen how, how faith sound. Let's go to verse 41. Let's go look how, how faith, how, how sound, you know. Then the Philistine came on and approached David and the, the shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come with me, with sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and to the beasts of the field. Now, that's faith talking, isn't it? But he has faith in small g, gods. You see what I'm saying? Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. Now he has faith too, but he has faith in the big G. You know, there's a difference. You know, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you, and I will give the I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, but the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Woo-wee. I mean, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? That's faith talking, isn't it? That's faith talking. What does faith look like? What does it look like? Well, let's, let's, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll just tell you about going back to the one with Abraham and Isaac. What does faith look like 
to you. Now, we know how it sounds. Hey, the lad and I, we're going to go worship, and we'll be back. We will be back. Right? That's what it sounds like. You know, we talk good in, in church, don't we? Don't we? The body of Christ, you know, everybody, the body of Christ, universal, we talk good in church. But when the rubber meets the road, when stuff starts happening, you know, when things are not going our way, that's when we got to walk the talk. Right? Okay, what did he do to walk the talk? He went up there, he, he put the uh, wood on the altar, and he tied Isaac to the altar. He took his knife up. And he lifted his knife up, and he's getting ready to drop it right in Isaac. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. David, he talked a big talk, right? Now, what does it look like, though? Because that's what we want to know. What does it look like? (laughs) 51, verse 51 of chapter 17. Uh, David ran he ran well let's go back to 48 verse 48 and it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David that David ran slowly how did he run quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine isn't that something then David, in verse 51, David ran and stood over the Philistine and took, a, took his sword and drew it out of the sheath and he killed him and cut off his head with it. That's what it, that's what it looked like. He ran. This is, this is, now, knowing that Goliath was nine feet, nine inches tall, you know, he had been dynamite on the basketball court, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Because basketball goes on 10 feet high, you know. Goliath was tough. Now, most of us wouldn't have done that, would we? Be honest. Most of us wouldn't have done that. What does faith look like in your household? You know? We say God, God's going to provide. Oh, yeah, he'll provide. But then we don't do, we don't walk the talk as if God's going to provide. You know? We try to provide for ourselves. We try to do everything against God's word because God's already said what to do. And then we turn around and don't do that because, well, God, God understands this is an economic time. He wants us to start, you know, uh, uh, looking out for ourselves. You know, if you don't look out for yourself, how is he going to look out for you? you know? Well, that's not true. Yeah? We're supposed to be um, resting. That's what we're supposed to be, according to the Hebrew, Hebrews are supposed to be resting. What does faith look like? With Noah, in Hebrews 11, Noah built an ark, didn't he? He built an ark because he, he had seen it rain so much, and he said, you know, I built a build an ark. No. Why did he build an ark? Because God said so. Had it been raining and thundering and lightning, you know, and just all this rain coming down before? No. No. He only had to go on God's word. That's all he had to go on. That's what faith looked like. Faith just does it. I mean, it's going to do it. (laughs) 
How about Rahab? Rahab was, was, wasn't, wasn't a Christian, was she? No, she wasn't a Christian. What does faith look like for her? She heard about the God of Israel, and she knew what, what, what they had done to the other people. And she said, look, you know, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of you spies, you know. I'm going to look after you, but look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hide you. I'm going to send you out and so you can get back to where you're supposed to be. But look, when you come to destroy us, would you save me and my household? Yep, we'll do it. Anybody in here? They go outside, we're not going to save you. But you, you tie this real thing down here, we, we, we'll take care of you. By faith, she did it, didn't she? By faith. And she's in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And she was a prostitute. God is expecting us to walk by faith. We got to talk it, and we got to walk it. We're going to end with a prophetic word that um, my wife has, and it's going to accent the close of, the, of this message. Um, the Lord gave me last week. It said, put pressure on the kingdom. Jesus put pressure on the kingdom of God. God said it in a different way in Malachi. He said, try me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven. Putting pressure on the kingdom is standing firmly on what God said in his word. It's all that God said to do. Keep it, meditate on it, confess it, speak it, do it. Study it, believe it. We as a people are not putting pressure on the word as we should. The world is putting pressure on its system and is failing to produce the results because it can't. It is a broken cistern. God's people are being and doing like the world. They are trying to put pressure on something that has failed. God wants his people to put pressure on that which can never and will never fail. His kingdom will never fail. His word will never fail. His love will never fail. Put pressure on that which is established forever in heaven and in earth. His word will never fail. His, his love will never fail. His kingdom rule will never fail. What do you have need of? What do you have need of? That's your assignment. What do you have need of? Find out what you have need of and go to the word of God. Find out what God has said about your need. And sometimes the exact need might not be in there, but the principles are in there. There are, there are principles in this Bible that cover everything. There's a, the, you know, find out what God has said about it. Then you pray about that and see whether... God is applying that to you and then start putting pressure on it. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about how you put pressure on things because he wants us to put pressure on it. Yeah. How do we do that? How do we do that? How, how, how do we really just draw from it? And when it's in the scripture already how men of God has already put pressure on, on God for what he said. Put pressure on him. So, so we'll talk about that 
next week as we go into James. I want you to start reading James, the epistle that, you know, uh, in the New Testament, James, uh, because we're going to be going through James. Okay? And James, it talks a lot about faith. It talks a lot about different t- uh, subjects, and we want to go through all of James. And that's what we'll do. Okay? We just go right through James. How about standing? What does faith look like? What does it sound like? I want you to start in your household. I want your children. I want your mate. I want you. I want our angels. I want the demons. I want them to hear you speak in that household faith. Words of faith. And I want you to also do the words of faith. Do what you said. Because doing it, uh, it, it, it would always wreak, it wreak havoc in the, in the kingdom of darkness. It wreak havoc. When you start speaking it and doing what, what you're speaking. Satan doesn't want it. He does not want it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that that's what you're asking us to do, Lord. You're asking us, Lord, to persevere in our faith, Father. You're asking us, Lord, to, to have faith, to trust you because you're worthy. You've shown nothing but success in your track record of following through what you said, Lord. And that was Israel's problem, Lord. Israel, they left Egypt. You have shown them many miracles. Yet, in every hard place they got, they complained. Rather than standing on your integrity, your character, your love, your word, you told them you're going to take them into the promised land, a land that's flowing with milk and honey. But they complained at every hard place. Until you cut them off, Father. All those who were 20 and above. You said, that's it. They're not going in. The other ones are going to go in, but they're not going in. Father, you want us to rest. From our works. Rest from what we believe that we should be doing. Rest from what the world says that how to come out of this economic and survive this economic uh, recession. Father, you've already stated in your word what to do during a recession. You already stated on your word what, what to do during good times. Father, it's in your word. And you're asking us to trust you. Just trust me. Just trust me. And during the financial times, the, the biggest way to trust is to do what God said to do. Like the widow at, at Zarephath. She didn't have anything but just a, a, a little little bit of uh, meal, a little bit of, or just to make a, a, a little cake for herself and her son to eat it and die. But God said, I want you to provide for my servant that I'm sending you. When she provided, 
and did what God said. Then God provided for her. This is not a time for the church of the living God to draw back on being obedient to what God has said in his word. And don't say that God understands. No, he doesn't understand. Why anybody would disobey the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, there's nothing too difficult for him to believe in a system that's, a, that, that's, that's decaying. The world system is decaying. Father, give us strength as we search you, as we search the word, as we be determined that we're going to be different. We're not going to be like everybody else. We're going to be provided for. That's what Becky did when, when she was in a rock and a hard place, between a pole and a, and, and, and a truck running over and, and just killing herself, being killed. Father, she stood on you. She called upon the Redeemer, Jesus. And he's inside of us. So she said, I, I have a Lord and Savior. So she comes out of things where the world wouldn't have come out of that. Because she's under covenant. We're under covenant. The world can't touch us. Satan can't touch us. He's going to try to get us to allow him to touch us, but he doesn't have authority. We're not going to give him authority. We're not. We're going to stand firm and persevere in faith. Believing that what God has said, God is more than able to do. Not only will he is able to do it, he will do it. He will do it. If there's anybody here that hasn't given their life to Jesus Christ, today is the day. And we'll pray for you. Prayer team, please come up. Has anybody today said, hey, pray for me. Pray for me because I want to give my life to the King of Kings. I want to be in that covenant. Raise your hand and put it back down. Is anyone here like that today? Does anybody here need to rededicate their life to Jesus Christ? You slipped away, but you need to rededicate your life. Raise your hand and put it back down. We'll pray for you. Anybody here like that today? about it here today to say, you know, pray for me because I need to sound like David. I need to sound like I know, I know that I know that I'm in covenant with the living God. And I want to look like David. I want to run to my enemies. I want to be excited about these financial times. I don't care what my checkbook look like. I don't care what my bank account says. I don't walk by faith. I walk by, I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I don't care what, what my book doesn't say. All I know what God says, that he's going to provide for me. He will provide. For those who raise their hands, come, come up as we close the service, and we're going to pray because we got people here just who just ran to pray. Just ran to pray. And I know you're not 
not shy and afraid, you know, somebody saying you need prayer, because tell you the truth, everybody here need prayer. They just don't want to say it, but they need prayer. So come on up. Come on up. Step out of the aisle, just come on up. God is good. It's not shameful to come up for prayer. The only shame would be is to leave here without prayer. That's just a shame, my day, you know. So I got prayed for before. Come on. I know you read the Bible. There's a prayer of in between. You just keep praying. You just keep praying. You just keep going at it. You know? <laughs> Praise God. As always, we do want to encourage you to still stay after and get some prayer if you would need to. The prayer team will stay up here and pray for whoever needs prayer. Um, So feel free to take advantage of that opportunity. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in peace today.